Good afternoon, Refuge Church. If you would stand with me. We're going to go into a season of prayer, and then we're going to go into worship. So raise your voice. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray to God, and let's do it all together, okay? Jesus, I pray today thanking you, Lord, praising you and giving you glory, Lord. You are worthy of it all. We come here today with expectation in our hearts to see you move in this place, Lord. But more than anything else, we want to have that deepening of the relationship with you today, Lord. We want to have that communication. We want to hear what it is that you have to say today, Jesus. And in that, Lord, we're going to glorify you. We're going to lift you high and praise your name because you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of every praise that we could ever offer up to you. You are worthy of everything that we could ever give unto you. You are the God who is a mighty, mighty God who is able to pull down strongholds and able to knock down walls that we have built up in our heart, Lord. So we come here today with an expectation to see you move and to see your hands at work in this house today, Lord. And we're praying, Jesus, help us, Lord. Help us come into this house today with a cleansed heart, with our hearts be open unto your word and unto your spirit, Lord, as we begin to worship you, Jesus, as we begin to fill these altars today, Lord. Let our minds be focused on you. Let our hearts be focused on your word and on you, Jesus, today. We praise you and we worship you. We pray, God, let all those things that we've carried in, all those things that are in our spirit, let them be cleansed out. Let us have a new heart. Let us have lips that are cleansed with the fire that comes only from your altar. I pray today, Jesus, let us have that mind that is seeking you. Let us have that heart that is seeking after you righteousness. Lord, let your righteousness be on display today, Lord. I praise you and I worship you, God. I pray specifically today for those that will be teaching, those that will be leading us in worship, those that will be downstairs teaching our children, Lord. Let there be a mighty move in that service today, Lord. Let there be a mighty move in this service today, Jesus. Let us all come in with that expectation. Let us let go of all the burdens that we have carried into the house and let us just freely worship you for you are worthy of all the worship and I praise you Lord I pray specifically today Lord for those that are outside of the house that those are outside of the service today that are listening online I pray God that it reaches into those living rooms and it reaches into those cars and it reaches into the future of those that would be listening online and that they would experience hope Lord I pray specifically Lord that as we have experienced it that we would grow to understand the nature of offering it to others, Lord. I pray, let us come into this house with humility, with a desire, Lord, with a strengthening of our spirit, knowing that if we are humble in your presence, if we are willing to come unto this place and give you what you are worthy of, Lord, that we can see things that we have never seen before, that we will see miracles and signs and wonders, that we come into this house and start expecting things that we never once saw before, Lord. I pray, Jesus, let us just be of one mind and one accord. Let us come into the Spirit. Let's have unity in this house today, Lord. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. Lord, you are worthy of all the praise, Lord. We glorify your holy name, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.
circumstance, God, that we see ourselves in because you broke out of that grave. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost fall in this place. Hallelujah, yes. Let's praise his name today, yes. Let's praise him like the victory's already won. Hallelujah, hallelujah. No matter what you've got going on, I'm here to tell you today that I know a God. I know a God who can deliver. Yes, we feel, we feel like today everybody watching online has walked in or tuned in with an expectation some of you just expected to maybe you're a first-time guest you don't know what to expect maybe this is meeting your expectation maybe it's a little crazier than you expected maybe you've been here for a really long time you walked into this place or tuned in online and you expected service to be a certain length the music to be a certain style people to respond a certain way here's what i expect the man of god stood in this pulpit last night and said tomorrow there are going to be signs wonders and miracles and if god spoke to his man for the hour and that's what god told him then i walked into this place expecting that to happen here today there will be signs, there will be wonders, there will be miracles, which is exactly what the Bible says there should and will be. We are the New Testament church, so I'm not just going to stand there, sit there, cross my arms and go, well, is this thing almost done? I'm going to go, God, I can't wait to see and be a part of what it is that you're going to do. We just finished a series on Wednesday nights about the spiritual gifts. 
And so I pray that I'm in an apostolic Pentecostal church where there's a group of spirit-filled believers who are ready to allow God to use them as conduits for the spirit to flow and operate. You might lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. You might lay hands on someone who's never been filled with the spirit and they're going to receive the Holy Ghost today. You might speak a word of faith. You might prophesy today. This is all in the Bible and we fully expect it to happen here today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Speaking of expectations, speaking of signs, wonders, and miracles, make sure that you keep Kirby's friend. He's got a great friend who is his youth pastor growing up. She's going in for some serious surgery tomorrow. I just ask you to keep her in your prayer. Please pray for Graham Livingston. Uh, they now live in Minnesota. But he was playing football, and he had a spiral fracture in his femur. He's already gone through surgery. Pretty serious. They've had to put nails into his bone marrow. And uh, he's got a little bit of a recovery in front of him. But we're just asking Jesus to be with him and with their family. Well, again, if you're a guest, uh, I believe Jesus has already welcomed you here. But we welcome you here, too. Amen. And we are going to sing two more songs. Worship is not over, but I'm going to invite you to take a seat just because we're going to share a couple of things about what's going on. And then we're going to watch a short promotional video because today's a big day. Today is our Move the Mission offering. And not one dollar of this, of this offering stays here. It all is sent off. And it is going to go to Global Missions, Bible Quizzing, Apostolic Youth Corps, Tupelo Children's Mansion, and, uh, and so the, the, uh, the, I might just change. So the, uh, <laughs> I lost myself in the monitor. The, uh, the apostolic youth core, it, uh, it goes to, to put global missions vehicles in for, on foreign soil this morning. I was so thankful to see a video from our district superintendent, brother Brian Parkey. And he is standing in front of a four-wheel drive vehicle in Kenya, Africa. And he's preaching their general conference. And he said, you know what? Move the missions bought this vehicle that's on this dirt road that's allowing missionaries to take the gospel into unchurched areas. And I'm thankful that our offering can be a part of that. And so whether it's this week, next week, next week's going to be the deadline. But today you're going to be able to give. And Brother Stafford actually works for uh, Youth Missions, which is, which is where this offering kind of falls under his department. So he's going to just take a moment to talk about that when he comes up. Uh, but I want you to know that there are several ways to give. And we're not just, I'll give you the opportunity right now. It's not just uh, move the mission. There are several opportunities behind me here in which you can give. Uh, and, and not only ties offering but even move the mission and so I think well never mind maybe it's me oh there we go uh, and so there's several ways in which you can give and further the gospel whether that's through tithes offerings move the mission there's an option that you'll be able to choose with that but I want us to take just a quick moment and take a look at this promotional video from youth ministries and move the mission and I'm just jinxed it's not up it's not ready well, I appreciate the technology team. I know they're trying the hard, as hard as they can to make everything run smoothly. And sometimes if there's ever going to be an issue in a service, it's going to be in the technology booth with all the wires and cords and 
internet and all the things we rely on. But trust me, it goes to a great, great uh, offering. And so when you give, make sure you do choose Move the Mission on the Church Center app. Uh, this Wednesday, just a couple of other things. Family Wednesday takes place at 7 p.m. Uh, these take place on months where there are five Wednesdays. All children and youth other than nursery for ages zero to four remain upstairs for a family-focused service. If your child would like to be a part on Wednesday of the praise team, they actually sing. The children sing and lead us into worship. And if you want them to be a part, they need to be here by 620 so that they can be on the praise team and go through the sound check. And then I'm excited because this guy is not only a worship leader, he's going to be speaking to us. Brother Luke Foster is going to be speaking on Wednesday night. This Saturday, praise team practice is from 5 to 8.30. You're probably aware of that. Next Sunday, August 27th, is our very first ever Bridge Middle School class for ages 11 to 14. This helps bridge the gap from children's ministry to youth ministry. And so next week, be prepared when we dismiss Rock Church to head downstairs. The bridge class for ages 11 to 14 will also head downstairs. Just a couple of more exciting things. We always like to celebrate when somebody completes. We're in our second stewardship campaign trying to either build, buy, lease, something. We're looking into options about where we're going to grow into our next space. And we had another family complete their stewardship campaign pledge, and that is our very own youth pastor and his family, Pastor Chad, Sister Tiffany Condren, have completed their stewardship campaign, and we're thankful for that. In spiritual news, last week, the following people were baptized in Jesus' name. Melissa Turner, Teresa Beeler, David Huey were all baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Well, praise God. Today we're doing something different. I want to tell you about our speaker. He's just going to come up after this time of worship. We don't want to stop the flow of the Spirit of God. And so we want him to step right up here after we're done singing these next two songs. And then when he does, Rock Church, we're going to put a slide up. You can just go ahead. You're going to be dismissed. Nobody's going to get up and say in the microphone. You'll just see him when he comes up. The slide will go up and you'll just be dismissed to head downstairs. But I want to announce our special speaker in that way. Then he'll just come up. But before I get into the serious stuff, the Jeremy Stafford needs prayer today. He, he cheers for a football team called the 49ers. And although they wear red, it's the wrong color red. And so... We figured we'd help him and his son out today. Boys, come on up here. Let's show them what the real red looks like. You go ahead and go give that to Brother Caden and give that to, give that to Brother Stafford there and we want them to have the real red. I know you guys struggling. You guys don't have that picture I sent either, right? No? He's praying about some things. He's praying about some things. He might even go away from red and go into God's country here. So, so, so you just keep him in prayer because God's doing a work on the special speaker today. Thank you, Lord. Well, now for the serious stuff. 
Brother Stafford, if you don't know, he's our national United Pentecostal Church International Youth Ministry Secretary. That incredible youth congress that many of you just enjoyed, that's really because of his vision and hard work and, and that of his team. Brother Stafford was a youth pastor in Pensacola, Florida, as he told us last night for over seven years before he received a call to go to headquarters. He also served as Florida's youth president for three years. My wife and I have come to love him and his family, Sister Kristen, their kids, Caden and Claire. And I know Sister Kristen and Sister Claire wasn't able to be here, but we look forward to hearing from this incredible man of God. And as he spoke, God has already laid something on his heart that he's going to get up and he's going to share. And I know we're not only going to get behind him as the man of God, but we're going to respond to the God that gave him the word who's going to do great and mighty things. I invite everyone to stand right now as the praise team comes back. And we're going to go back into this time of worship as we pursue God in these next few songs and in, even into the message and the altar call today. Jesus in this place. He's so good. He's so worthy. He's so mighty. He's been better than good to me. Hallelujah.
to the king in this place today let it be worship from your heart not just because you feel like you should be doing it because everybody else around you is but because you feel that worship arising in your heart and because we want to please our king hallelujah hallelujah amen this next song and you know i really i really felt this in, in prayer this morning that and it, what pastor alluded to already brother stafford yesterday said that there would be signs and wonders that he felt like would happen in this place. And I don't just want to wait until altar call to do that. And so right now, if you have a need in your body, whether that be physical, whether it be spiritual, whether it be a marriage relationship, whatever it is, I want you to come to this place right now, to the front of this place. Make, make room for them at the front. Amen. And as you begin to come to this place, if nobody comes, that's all right. But Jesus wants to meet your circumstance in this place. I'm telling you, he does. You just have to step out in faith. And as people begin to come, I pray that believers with a testimony, that they would begin to join around them and pray in faith in faith that they would pray in faith that the same God who healed their situation that he's going to heal yours today too and I believe it can happen if you step out in faith hallelujah let's praise his name today let's give him that opportunity in this place hallelujah yes I won't be discouraged even when I'm discouraged I'll remind my soul of all you've done before And I won't be distracted Even in the distraction I will trust the one who's greater than the storm Yes, I will trust the one who's greater than the storm. I don't need another reason. I don't need more convincing. The same God who made a way is the same God who's here today. Even in my darkest moments, this will be the truth I'm holding The same God who made a way Is the same God who's here today I won't be shaken Even when I'm shaken Having done all I can do I still will stand I will worship, yes I will worship, I will praise forever confidently, yeah, 
same, the same God who made a way is the same God who's here. Let him in this place. Even in my darkest moment, this will be the truth I'm holding. The same God who made a way is the same God who's here today. Yes, I won't be shaken. I'm shaking
We want to give you this stage, Jesus. Do what only you can do in this place, God. Yes, and you're here today. Why don't you lift your hands all across this room? Come on, why don't we just press for a little bit longer? Lord, you are in this place. God, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Come on, there you go. Let that out just for a little bit. We got plenty of time. God is in this house. back to your seats. Thankful for Pastor and Sister Dornbach and what they mean to this church and to the United Pentecostal Church International. And I know one of his books that he wrote, just a tremendous blessing to young ministers and to the youth ministries team. We appreciate what he represents. And aren't you thankful for your pastor this morning? I, I will say, yeah, I'm going to get kind of the funny remarks out of the way. I, um, I, I typically have this rule that I don't ever like, even if it kind of comes off sideways or it's just a little bit, like I usually don't say anything bad about the pastor or what teams he may like or anything like that. There are very few exceptions to this rule. But when you're a Packers fan, I just feel like there should be a few shots that are taking. You know. I mean, at least the rest of the congregation, at least we can all wear red. And that's representative of the blood of Jesus. And, you know, I have no hatred toward the Chiefs. And, you know, and and I do realize that I'm preaching near Kansas City. And so I don't want to lose the congregation tonight or today. And so I, you know, no hard feelings with the Chiefs. At least we're not an ugly green color. You know what I'm saying? You know? I'm thankful for this ministry team here at the church as well. Thank you all for allowing me to come and to speak. Um, I do want to make mention, you can be seated just for a moment. Um, Brother Dornbach asked me to mention, just move the mission and what it represents. And I believe there's a slide they're going to display that if you would like to give or donate, that you can do so by scanning that QR code. But 
he, he mentioned what all it represents, and it, it goes towards the district, it goes towards camps, it goes towards helping youth ministries and facilitating several of those like Bible quizzing and AYC, which is our missions trip that we send students on. And then there's, I mean, there's just many different things. All the vehicles that our missionaries drive is supported by Move the Mission. In fact, it's even bought planes so, because there's been, so, there's been a couple different occasions where maybe a missionary had trouble driving to the places that they were trying to reach those people. And so therefore, Move the Mission has been able to provide them with a plane. In fact, this past year, we bought them a plane in Alaska because during different parts of the year, it's hard for them to drive to where they need to go. And so this provides a vehicle for them to be able to get to those remote areas and to be able to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It also goes to North American Missions. It helps many church planners. It helps them be able to remodel their building or even purchase a building. But one thing that I just wanted to highlight is over the past three years, I've been on the youth ministries team for three years, and one of the things that we were able to allocate some of the Move the Mission funds to go towards is opening a country. Now, you may not know what that means, and at first I didn't really know what it meant, but opening a country means that there are, right now there are nine countries that we do not have a UPCI missionary in. There are nine countries left. It was 12, 12 minus nine is three. We've been able to, I was making sure my math was correct up here on the, on the spot, but we were able over the past two years to be able to provide funds so that we can open three more countries. We've got nine more to go. And I'm looking forward to over the next several years being able to bring that number on down. But it was so cool because this year I was able to go to one of those countries that did not have a missionary. And most of my overseas travel, I've always been blessed to be able to go. I've, I've went on several different trips for, we took some while I was in Pensacola, but also with AYC. I've been a chaperone on several. And in all of those cases, we go to a place where there, there's already a church that's planted there. There's usually already several churches that are being planted there. But this year, I went to Sao Tome and Principe. And if you don't know where that is, neither did I whenever they asked me to go. But it's off the coast of Africa, off to the west side, kind of near the equator. In fact, we learned while we were there that, um, who's the guy with Tesla? Uh, Yes, Elon Musk. He tried to purchase Principe, in fact, in order to like put a, I believe he was trying to, I don't know what he was trying to do there, but he tried to purchase Principe, which I thought was pretty cool while I was there. But that country was a blank canvas. And so what our group was doing is while we were there, we were figuring out how to put a missionary there. We were seeing what it took in order for us to set up a church there, to purchase land there, whatever it was going to take to, in order to bring a missionary there. And I believe now that they have a missionary that is going there on behalf of the team that I represented in order to figure all of that out so that the missionary could go there. And so we have 
Those three places have been opened. One of them, we can't even disclose where it is because it's an ACN nation. It's an access challenge nation, which means that it's one of those areas. In fact, we had a speaker at, at North America Youth Congress this year that goes to these ACN nations, but it's, it's a place that we, we can't really disclose where it is or what they're doing there because of the government there and not wanting the gospel to be spread there. But I'm thankful because of Move the Mission, we're going to have in Sao Tome and Principe a missionary, and they're going to be able to hear the oneness of God, the apostolic message brought to that country because of giving to Move the Mission. So thank you for giving to Move the Mission, and thank you for what it represents. I'm honored to be able to work and to help raise funds for, for Move the Mission. If you would, stand to your feet one more time. Ephesians, and turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 3 and 17. Ephesians 3 and 17. Today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to title this message, There is a Miracle Here. And after I read this passage, I'm just going to kind of share with you what I felt for today. Ephesians 3 and 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And this is Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. And to know the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Look at your neighbor and say, above all that you would ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. There is a miracle here. I want to tell you, as I was preparing for this sermon, I didn't really know what I was going to preach. I didn't really know how it was going to go. I didn't know, I didn't know what God wanted me to necessarily preach, but the word he gave me, or the sentence he gave me, was that there is a miracle in this place. I don't know whose miracle. I don't know what miracle. But I do know that there is a God. That it doesn't matter how many miracles that we need in here today. He can provide for every miracle. It's already been said, but I believe that if you come to this altar this, this evening as we, as, we as we close out the service, I believe that if you will come with expectancy and faith, that God will see to it that you don't leave here the same way that you came. I don't know if you need the Holy Ghost, because that is a miracle when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But if you need the Holy Ghost, you can receive it at the end of today's service. If you need a miracle in your body, you can receive it at the end of today's service. If you need a miracle in your relationship at home, if you need a miracle in your house, if the church needs a miracle for another piece of property, I believe that there is a God who knows exactly where you are. Let's pray one more time that God would just raise our faith 
that he would just help us, encourage us today to build upon what we already ever established in him. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, you see each and every person. God, you see each and every situation. You see each and every problem. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that at the close of this service that there would be miracles that would spread throughout this place. God, I've come expecting to see. Lord, build my faith today. Encourage us today to see what we cannot see with our own eyes. Lord, I pray that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think today. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. Hebrews 11 tells us, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So just because we have not seen it happen does not mean it cannot happen. There's a story in Joshua 6, the Lord spoke to Joshua. He said, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, The Lord gave him a promise. There are many in this room that maybe you've received a promise. There's promises all throughout the Bible that are represented by his word of encouragement that he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we would ask or think. So he's already given us a promise today. But the Lord always gives a promise first. Before he puts on, before Joshua puts on this journey, he gives you direction. He gave him direction of, you might not understand how it's going to come to pass, but when you believe that promise, it will be fulfilled. He said, take your men and go around that city once. Do that for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're going to go before, you're going to have the priest out there, and you're going to have trumpets and, and ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you shall compass the city seven times, and the priest shall blow their horn and their trumpets. And when they make the long blast, the people shall shout, and with a great shout, the wall of the city shall fall down flat. He gives them this promise of what's to come. And it says in verse 20 of that chapter, So the people shouted with the priest, they blew their trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they were able to take the city. They had a promise. They knew what God had told them, but yet they had to carry it out. Now, I wish that every promise that I had from God, that it was so easy to understand that maybe I would would know how he wanted me to fulfill that promise. In this chapter and in this verse, he lays out what's to happen. And Joshua goes to his people and he tells them how it's going to happen, what to do. They could have sat back and they could have said, you want us to do what? Now, if Brother Dornbach came to this congregation and he said, you know how we're going to win souls? We're going to march around the city of Kansas City or the city of Liberty. And after six days, we're going to do this. And on the seventh day, we're all going to blow trumpets. You'd be like, ah, man, really do want to give Pentecostals a bad name, don't you? You're going to blow trumpets? We're going to have to march around this city? But first of all, There was belief that Joshua 
Joshua had belief that what God said was going to come to pass. I'm thankful today that you have a pastor that believes in the word of God and what God has given him is going to come to pass. But to take it another step further, you have to believe when the man of God comes to you and tells you what he sees for the city and for for what's going to happen in the church. You've got to understand that God has spoken to him and that you've got to carry out whatever God has said to him so that it can come to pass. There has to be this progression of God speaks to the man and then the man speaks to the people and they all fulfill the mission together. It can't be just one person or a few people in the church. It's got to be everyone working together in unity to accomplish the will of God. I believe that you have a pastor here today that believes in what he has heard from God. I believe that he understands that he's been assigned to this city to reach the lost and that there's going to be more people that are flooding into this into this church today to receive what God has for them because this promise is not just for the people in this church right now, but it's for this city. It's for the people of this city and there are more people that we've got to reach. But you've got to believe. You've got to have faith. The enemy wants to attack our faith. He wants to attack what we believe. There has to be this faith in God. We've got to get it out of our mind. Sometimes we cannot reason with what God wants to do. It won't make sense to us. We can't understand it. I don't know how the healing's going to take place. I don't know how the situation's going to work out. But I know a God who is the great counselor. I know a God who is the great physician. I know a God who is a miracle-working God. Studies have shown that there are eight emotions that can be transmitted through just the touch of your hand. Those eight are anger, fear, disgust, love, gratitude, sympathy, happiness, and sadness. All by just the touch of your hand. A mother's touch enhances bonding between the mother and the child. The touch can signify security that everything's going to be okay. You're safe now. That touch from a mother can signify both positive and negative emotions. I remember I was raised in the church, and I used to sit in front of my mother. Yeah, you're laughing because you know. I wasn't always the good kid. There would be times that I would maybe laugh or do something that I wasn't supposed to in church. My mother's touch, she would reach up there on my shoulder and just grab my collarbone. And I would think my eyes would get real big and I knew that whenever I got home that day, it was not going to be pretty. But I knew what that touch meant. The same way you know that touch from your mother, young person, 
of whether it's going to be that, that emotion of what's, what you feel. But there is a God, and his touch goes far beyond any touch that we can have from one to another. People are more willing to buy something if they're brushed by the hand of a greeter at the store. Strangers are more willing to help someone if a touch of the shoulder accompanies the request. Michael Spezio says, if touch is a language, it seems we instinctively know how to use it. But apparently, it's a skill we take for granted. There's a story from many years ago, and during the first two decades of this century, a great number of babies under one year of age wasted away in hospitals and children's institutions, and they died from all these unknown causes. In some institutions, it was customary to enter the condition of all seriously sick infants as hopeless on admission cards. Among the doctors who were confronted with infant mortality daily, one of those was Dr. Fritz Talbot of the Children's Clinic in Dusseldorf. Dr. Talbot had uncommon success in dealing with sick children. For many years, as he made his rounds, he would be followed from different rounds by a group of interns seeking new ways of handling children's diseases. One such intern was Dr. Joseph Brennerman, who told this story. Many times we would come across a child for whom everything had failed. For some reason, the child was hopelessly wasting away, and when this would ha happen, Dr. Talbot would take the child's chart and scrawl some indecipherable prescription, and in most of the cases, this magic formula took effect, and the child began to prosper. So his curiosity was aroused, and I wondered if the famous doctor had developed some new type of wonder drug. And one day after making rounds, I returned towards and tried to decipher the, the scrawl on the, on the prescription. He said, I had no such luck, so I turned to the head nurse and asked what the prescription was. She said, that's old Anna. And then she pointed to a grandmotherly woman seated in a large rocker with a baby on her lap. And the nurse continued, whenever we have a baby for whom everything we could do have, has failed, we turn the child over to old Anna, and she has had more success than all the doctors and the nurses and the institutions combined because she'll sit there and rock that little baby just by holding it and touching it and feeling the warmth of a loving person who cares for that baby. There's power in your touch, but much more than the power that's in your touch. There's a powerful touch from the Spirit of God who can come into your life and perform the supernatural touch upon the situation and the problem and the situation that you're going through. Maybe you're just having a bad day. Maybe all hope is lost. Maybe you don't know how the storm is raging in your life. But when you speak to God and say, God, I just need your touch. God, I just need your moving of the Spirit in my life. There's something that supernaturally happens happens that just calms the storm that day. There's just something about God when you combine your faith and his touch, the miraculous happens. 
We've heard numerous stories about God's hand of protection. And I remember growing up hearing people preach about the hand of protection in their lives and God intervening in a, in a situation that they, were, that they were going through. I've heard stories of people being shot at and the bullet just falling right down in front of them before it ever got to them and just going away and God saving them from what they were going through. There was one story that I read in a book that this, this preacher was having a tent revival and he knew that there were some guys in the city that were out to get him and so they were waiting in the bushes for him to go back to his car. They had cut all the wires in his car so that the car wasn't supposed to start but this preacher just goes out and goes to the car and he knew what the guys had done and he just prays over the car and said, God, let your will be done. And he jumps in the car and starts it right up and drives on down the road. That's the kind of protection. That's the hand of God. That's the God that we serve here today. It's not a fairy tale. It's not stories we've made up, but it's the protection hand of God. There's something about that touch that is hard to explain. It doesn't make sense to us, but God's touch can minister to someone far more than I ever can. As, as powerful as it may be to send one of the eight different emotions with the touch of your hand, there's a supernatural touch that is far greater. When God's hand is upon your life, nothing else will prevail against you. When I was ordained as a minister, the presbyters and the ministers gathered around me and laid hands upon me. There was this divine touch that took place. God's touch is much more powerful than any other touch. When His anointing hand is upon your life, nothing can stop you from what He wants to do in your life. God's hand restores and heals. It heals the brokenhearted. His touch can bring salvation to your house. If you haven't repented of your sins and been baptized in Jesus' name and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, then God hasn't been able to touch you the way that He wants to. God already knows what you have need of today. It comes down to do you trust Him? Do you have faith in Him? Or are you waiting for all other options to run out? There is power in his touch today. Mark 1 and 40, and I, I apologize for all the different stories that I'm going to bring into the sermon today, but it's just powerful how many stories in the Bible illustrate God's touch upon someone's life. Mark 1 and 40 says, There came a leper to him, beseeching and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will thou be clean. Luke 13 and 10, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bowed together and could not in wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called unto her and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Our expectancy and faith correlate to the touch of his hand. We believe God can heal, but do we believe that he can heal us?
See, sometimes we believe that God's healing is for others and not for our situation. We believe that God can heal the person and the situation and the problems that they're, they're going through, but we're going to put limitations on what God can do in our life. We put limitations on the miracles that God can perform. When the altar service is called, we start looking around to the ones God can heal and the ones God can save. Instead of expecting everyone that walks through these doors to be healed and saved. Everyone needs the miracle of salvation. Everyone needs the hand of God upon their life. Everyone needs that touch. See, we put limitations on what he can do. And think he can't touch this person or that person or maybe our situation. Because we put limitations on. Numbers 11, the Lord told Moses to gather 70 men. He told them all to stand before him in the front of the tabernacle. He took the spirit that was upon Moses and put it upon those 70 elders. And then the Lord had heard the complaints of the Israelites and was telling them, I will feed thee. Moses answers and he says, how are you going to do this? We have 600,000 footmen. How will you do this? Will you kill all of our flocks? And our herds, and the Lord answered Moses and said, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Before he can touch our situation, we determine how long he can touch the situation or how far he can go into the problem and into the miracle. We put limitations on how far his hand can reach. What I've come to tell this congregation today, that it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter what the situation is. There is a God who knows exactly where you are. There is a God who knows exactly where your kids are. There's a God who knows what you're going through. He knows what situations you're dealing with. He knows what problems you have. And there is a God that's hand is as long as you need it to be this morning. If you'll just believe and trust in him. There is a God who wants to intervene in this situation. There is a God who wants to help you along the journey. There is a God who wants to care for you. We forget that we're the children of God. My son's here today, and there isn't anything that I wouldn't do to help him on this journey. There isn't anything that I wouldn't try to give him. In fact, the reason I would want to have all the money in the world or all, all the wealth in the world that I could gain while I'm on this earth is so that I could give it to my kids one day. Sometimes we forget that we serve a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he's the one that wants to give us everything. Last night I preached, it's to an expected end. He has a plan for each and every one of you. He has a plan of what he wants to do in your life. But when we put limitations on what he's trying to do, it's not him that's fallen short. It's our belief that's fallen short in him. 
He wants to help each and every one of us. He wants to touch your life. He wants to mend the brokenhearted. He wants to put you in the best position possible, but we've got to trust in him. There's got to be this faith in God. Lord, help my unbelief this morning, but help me to trust in you to see what's going to come to pass. Help me. You've given me the promise. I know what you have promised in my life. I know the promises that I've read throughout scripture. I know what you want to do, but help my unbelief to see it come to pass. I wish somebody would just raise their hands all across this place right now and say, God, help my unbelief. Help me to see it come to pass this morning. Don't let me think that your hand is too far to reach me. Don't let me put limitations on how far your hand can go in the problem or the situation. Go back to our text. To know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge, that ye might be filled with all fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Paul is telling the church of Ephesus, Jesus passes your knowledge. Because our knowledge puts limitations. It stops him short of what he wants to do in our life. What you think you know isn't relevant anymore because God passes through all of that. When we have faith, it exceeds the knowledge and what we try to reason that God can do. Jesus is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Our mind and what we think is going to happen will fall short of what God wants to do because of the limitations. But if we just put our trust and our faith in Jesus, and we put it in his hands, then he has the power to go beyond what we're asking or we believe or what we think. It's his spirit that intervenes in the problem and it all works out because it's in his hands. When you place your faith in him, there's this mixture of faith and God's spirit that anything can happen. There may be a thief that is trying to stop you. There may be a thief that is trying to attack your mind and attack your heart. And if he can attack your faith, it'll all Always stop God from, from going into that problem or situation. But when we put our faith in God, then when the enemy comes along, it says, no devil, I may not have seen the miracle yet. I may not know how it's going to happen yet, but I know that what the word of God says is true. I know what it says and what I believe, and I'm just going to believe in the middle of the storm. Although it's raging all around me, although I don't know how it's going to work out, I'm just going to believe that there is a God who knows exactly where my family is. I know that there's a God who knows what miracle I need. I know that there's a God who knows where I am. I'm not going to let the enemy steal my joy. 
I'm not going to let the enemy doubt my father. I'm not going to let the enemy attack my mind and attack my heart and make me put limitations on the God I serve because there is a God who will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think. There is a God who knows exactly what I need and I'm going to put my joy in him. wants us to live this life more abundantly. Maybe you need salvation today. Maybe you need restoration. Whatever it is, whatever miracle that you may need of today, there is a God who knows where you are. He knows that you're sitting in Refuge Church this morning needing that miracle. But he's waiting for you to raise your faith to God I know exactly what, you, what, what I need to do, and I'm going to believe in you in the middle of the trial and in the middle of the problem. I'm going to put my trust in you. There's a man with palsy who's fortunate to have friends that found a way to get him to Jesus. I don't know how much faith he had that day, but I know that he had some friends who had faith for him that day. He had some friends that said, I know what you're going through. I know that you can't get there on your own, but I'm going to lift you up and I'm going to take you to Jesus. Well, there's a crowd around him. There's, there's, there's problems in front. We're going to get you there. We're going to get you to the place you need to be. We're going to get you to this. We're going to get you to the miracle worker. And as they dropped him through that roof, there was a Jesus who saw him and touched him. And because of their belief, because of their faith, he was made whole that day. When we come together as the church body and we have faith one for another and that there's a faith that will come into this room and that there's unity as we bind together, that this city is never seen, that this, that this city is never going to come into contact with. But as we come together and we come in believing and we come in rejoicing and we come in with a joyful spirit that, no, I haven't got the miracle yet, but there's still a miracle working God that's in control of the situation, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to believe in the fullness of the Godhead and I'm going to believe in the wonder-working miracle God and I'm going to believe that there is a man who knows exactly where I am and knows exactly what I'm going through. And when we come together believing in one mind and one accord, then nothing can stop this church. Let's stand all across this place. I told you from the very beginning, all I know is that there's a miracle in this room. I don't know if it's one miracle. I don't know if it's multiple miracles. I will say as I was standing over there during the worship service, one thing I felt is that it's probably not just one miracle that's in this room today. In fact, I believe that there's going to be something that happens that goes far beyond what happens in this room today. I felt as I was standing over there, it's probably going to be one day Brother Dornbach just gives me a call and says, you'll never believe what happened. Because the miracles and the faith that comes into this room today 
is going to go far beyond a 4 o'clock service or a 2 o'clock service. It's going to go far beyond because when we walk back into our homes today, we're going to be believing in faith that no, my situation at my house is no longer going to be the situation I deal with on a daily basis, but it's going to be God is with me as I walk through this place. I don't know who all this is for, but I feel to tell this story. I was at a camp this past, this past week, and I will, I will tell you, there's, I have faith in God. But I think whenever I say he does exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, there's some things we just cannot fathom in our mind. And this story I'm about to tell you is one of those stories that I can't fathom in my mind, but I've met this young man, and they said, you need to hear his testimony. This kid was from Minnesota. His mom and dad didn't live for God. In fact, they were split up. One of the parents was into witchcraft and was facing, it was just demonic spirits that were everywhere in his life. Somehow his dad, who didn't live with them, could like see in visions of where he was and what he was doing. And he would pray every day that God help me, help me, protect me, watch over me, put a hedge of protection around about me. And his dad, who was in this spiritual real world, I'm, I'm not trying to freak anybody out this morning. In this freaky world, he said, you put limitations on how far I could go in your life and what I could see in your life by how you would pray that day. If you prayed protection over my house, then I couldn't even come into your house that day. But if you just prayed protection over your room, he said, I could go into your house, I just couldn't go into your room. The reason I tell that story is I feel like there's somebody here today that maybe one of your spouses or somebody in your church doesn't live for God, but I'm coming to tell you that your prayers, God hears. God hears every one of your prayers and he knows exactly where you are and he knows what you're going through. There is a God who cares about you. And when you pray, don't think that it's in vain. But there is a God who hears you and knows what you're going through. There's a God who maybe he can't control the other person or he can control the other person, but he's going to give that person free will until they come to revelation with Jesus Christ. And all you can do is pray the prayers. All you can do is is saying, in Jesus' name, Lord, this is your house. God, I declare that this is your house today. God, I declare there is a miracle in my house. There's a miracle in my situation. There's a miracle in my circumstances. The lady with the issue of blood, this is my last story. She had dealt with it for 12 years. She had waited until she heard that Jesus was passing by. But she didn't sit back in her pew and hope that Jesus would come to her house. But she went to Jesus. Today, I'm not saying that the only place you can reach Jesus is this altar. 
But what I'm saying is you need to take a step of faith and walk out of your pew and walk up to this front and say, God, I'm tired of dealing with the problem that I came into here with. I'm tired of facing the same situation over and over and over and not getting peace and not getting the answer I need. I'm going to the front and I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to come to an altar and I'm going to put it in your hands. And when I walk away from that altar today, I'm not going to take it back home with me. I'm not going to bring it with me, but I'm going to leave it at the altar today because it's in your hands. You have all power. You have all, you are the almighty. You are the great physician. You are the great counselor. There is nothing too big for our God. If you believe that, I want you to take that step of faith. God, you know where I am. You know what I'm dealing with. Come on, there's a miracle in your house. There's a miracle in your situation. There's a miracle in your family. There's a miracle in the diagnosis. There's a miracle in your situation. Come on, either we believe in him or we don't. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And every one of the promises that he's given me, I'm going to pray until they come to pass. I'm going to believe on his word. I'm going to walk faithful in his word. joining us today. We know that you have so many online options, and so we're really grateful that you chose to be with Refuge Church today. And we want you to know that moving forward, we have weekly options for you to continue to tune in online. 
all times are Central Standard Time, but Wednesday evenings we have 7 p.m. and Sunday afternoons we have 2 p.m. And we're going to actually stay in that afternoon slot while we construct a new building. So we will be at that 2 p.m. slot for the next couple of years as we're sharing space with a church who has recently purchased our existing building. So we just pray that you will continue to tune in and view our services and worship with us online.